Owning a small business can be overwhelming. How can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. There's so many places to reach customers. Email, text messages, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, live events. The list goes on. How are you, as the business owner, expected to own all of those channels? That's where Constant Contact comes in to help. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. I use this to grow my email list, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert! They're up and running again. So smooth, so sweet, splendid, succinct, just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort, 4,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see your beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet, nobody picks him up. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Wonder Goal Live. I am your host, BJ Cunningham. Today, we'll be talking best bets for the World Cup. We obviously went through each of the groups yesterday. Today, we're going to be doing more overall outrights, some of our favorite knockout stage bets, maybe some golden boot stuff, and then our favorite pick from match week one. We kind of hinted at it during our group stage bets, Anthony, but we are aligned on our favorite outright here for the World Cup. And it's our guy, Hervé Renard. Yeah, uh, if you haven't seen the advertisement yet, I, I just saw yesterday after we recorded yeah. our episode and I got real just like giddy. Uh, it feels like uh, France was in a really bad place at this time last year, heading through the fall and even into the spring when you know multiple players uh, demanded the, the, the firing of Corinne Diac, the, the, the former manager. They went with the sensible decision to you know keep the talented players in the fold and, and find a better manager. Uh, and I think they've they've struck gold with Hervé Renard. And we talked about this on Monday's show. We previewed the group. But this is a very tactically flexible manager who's shown an ability to get his team to play the way he wants to. And I think that's really the biggest skill you can have for an international manager because you're not going to be able to drill all these complex pre- pressing tactics or uh, you know establish a, a true identity. But if you can get your players to execute the simple tasks that you want them to uh, and change flexibly uh, i think it makes a huge difference in a tournament setting uh, when you're going to face teams of different quality different tactics and different talent and it's you know it's win or go home for the majority of the tournament pretty much every consequential match that france will play in this tournament will be an elimination match because of their group being relatively weak uh, after brazil so i like france 13 to 1 to win the whole tournament we're in agreement there i bet them plus 170 to make the semifinal if you look at what their potential path could be uh, if they were to win the group, they would play the second place from Team H, which uh, could be Colombia, South Korea, uh, or Morocco, most likely. Uh, and and they would be a heavy favorite over all three of those teams. They just rolled Colombia in a friendly uh, by three goals uh, a few months ago, one of the first matches under Renard. Uh, a potential quarterfinal with Australia or Canada, depending on how that group broke out. Uh, I would make them a favorite in terms of true talent over both of those teams. 
I think that, you know, going playing Australia in Australia could be a difficult task, but overall, I think that's a pretty friendly path to the semifinal when you compare it to say England or Germany, who's going to be much more challenged to playing one another potentially in a quarterfinal. So uh, I like the French, uh, Eugenie Le Sommer, uh, somebody that I've loved at the international level for, for multiple World Cups now. I thought France would do it in 2019 at home. Uh, and they really were the better side uh, in the match. They ultimately were eliminated in that tournament. Uh, so it's not like this French team doesn't have a ton of experience going toe-to-toe with the best team. So given their price being so much lower than the Germany's, the England's, the Spain's of the world, I just don't necessarily agree with that. And so at 13-1, to uh, Allez les Bleus. And as I said yesterday, ramener la coupe à la maison, bring the cup home. It's a famous song from the 2019 French men's team that won the World Cup. Yeah, I agree. That's going to be my favorite outright as well. I mean, you mentioned, I mean, Hervé Renard, his tactical flexibility. Also, France has one of the best center backs in the entire world in Wendy Renard. So if they want to play a high high line counter-pressing style, they can do that because their center backs are so good. And there also can be a very slow build-up style team. And like you mentioned, Les Sommer, Diani, really, really talented attackers, and some of the best talent in the entire world. So France 13-1, you mentioned that path. If it's relatively easy to get into the semis, if England and Germany play each other of a repeat of the Euros, I mean, that's going to be a very emotionally draining match. And then they're going to have to get up and try to face France again, France here in the semis. So I agree with you. I love France at 13 to one. My other favorite one is Sweden at 20 to one, a team that has loads and loads of talent. Well, Rolfo is, is an incredible winger uh, for them. Their path opens up uh, pretty nicely because what we've discussed about the Spanish national team and the potential mutiny that's happening there. Well, if Sweden wins their group, they're going to get a very favorable uh, second place team uh, in the round of 16, and then they'll get to play Spain. And then obviously we'll have to play, you know, potentially the United States in the semifinals. But Sweden, who is the third ranked team in the world and has had really, really good results, made it all the way to the semis of the Euros before losing four nothing to England at a price of 20 to one, given the talent that they have, it wouldn't shock me if they give the United States a lot of trouble when they get to the semifinals. All right. So that'll do it for our favorite outrights here. We will move on to our favorite group stage bets. We've already kind of teased them a little bit uh, yesterday, but Anthony, after the dust is settled, after we went through everything yesterday, what is the one, one or two group bets that you came away being like, these are my two favorites. These are the two I love the most. Yeah, Portugal eight to one to advance is my favorite long shot. Uh, you can find a Morocco fifty to one to advance out there, which uh, is worth mm-hmm. the sprinkle as well. But I'm gonna I'm gonna use Portugal here for this. Uh, they get put in a group with the United States and with the Dutch. Now I think that of all the newcomers and debutants, they are the team most likely to make a real impact uh, in this tournament. Uh, Portugal doesn't have the rich footballing history on the women's side that they do on the men's. Uh, but they do have a a very assured way of playing. They have a a very set tactical plan uh, and they've had some results in the last calendar year that kind of give you some hope that maybe they can stun a Dutch team that has been very up and down and has taken uh, a couple beatings in the last few years that make me think that they're not quite as good as maybe the ELO ratings suggest Uh, from an ELO perspective, the Dutch are a top 10 team. I think that's debatable, but we've seen uh, this uh, Portugal team, uh, show some real promise, right? They tie England. They they get a 5-0 win against New Zealand. They they played toe-to-toe with Japan in an eventual 2-1 loss. Um, they were competitive in one match with Germany at home and then not so competitive in the second match away from home during the uh, qualifying. 
Uh, and they relatively, you know, rolled through qualifying except for their losses to Germany. So there are some things to like. And I think that the given the Dutch uh, defensive inconsistency and the loss of Viv Miedema, who hasn't really played most of the season, uh, most of the year because of her ACL injury, I think it just lowers the, the, the floor enough on the Dutch that they could get surprised. Uh, and all you would need if the Dutch draw the first game and they play Portugal, um, there is a chance that uh, the United States would potentially rest their final game if they were to win their first two matches and, and play a somewhat rotated team, uh, having already clinched the group. And that would open the door for Portugal to maybe steal that extra point they need uh, to advance or, more importantly, potentially, to keep the goal difference down in a potential tiebreaker scenario with the Dutch if the United States were to beat both the Netherlands and Portugal, uh, you know, you know, with Vietnam being the fourth team and not really much of a threat in this group, I think at eight to one, Portugal uh, is worth a shot. You can find them like plus five fifty to win the game against the Dutch. Uh, I think there's more scenarios where they get through with a draw than than maybe the market is suggesting there. So, like I said, eight to one, the Portuguese to advance uh, in group in the group with the United States. Yes, I agree with you. I'm with you on that one. Our other favorite bet, I know that you're aligned with me on this one, is one of the hosts, New Zealand, not to advance at minus 120 out of Group A. New Zealand, they got into this World Cup because they, obviously they are the host and they got into pot one. And the group that they're set up with, with Norway and Switzerland, the talent disparity between New Zealand and those two teams is actually quite drastic. I mean, if you look at New Zealand's results leading up to this World Cup, they played two friendlies against the United States, one against Portugal, two against Argentina, one against Iceland, one against Nigeria, and one against Italy. They got outscored 22 to 1 in those friendlies, and they were not competitive whatsoever. The only friendly they won was a 2 0 win over Vietnam, who is one of the longest shots in this entire tournament. They do have some talent playing in the NWSL and, you know, over in Australia as well. But the style of play that they have, they're a very low block centric 4-4-2 type of team, but they will come out and press. And what happens oftentimes is they try to come out and press and they leave a lot of space in behind and teams like a Norway who's incredibly aggressive and Switzerland who's a very, very good buildup team can punish you. And once that first goal goes in, then New Zealand tends to, to, to fall off. So at a price, you know, and now they're sitting here at only minus 120. So it's because they're the host nation. It's because they're going to be playing every single game at home. I don't agree with that price. I think that the talent disparity, if you look at Switzerland, you know, they, they have struggled and they've gone through a little bit of managerial change right now. But if you look at their roster, they have a ton of women playing in the women's super league in Germany. There's a lot of talent on the squad and they are, again, they are a good bill of team. They are good at controlling possession. The problems exist for them when they get into the final third. So that match is going to be very key between Switzerland and New Zealand. But I mean, New Zealand has not been competitive whatsoever in these friendlies leading up to the world cup. So at a price of minus 120, it's just far, far too short for uh, New Zealand here uh, to advance. So I like them not to advance at minus 120. Yeah, I think it's a real question if they would have even qualified, if they didn't right. get the benefit of having to qualify automatically because of they're one of the two host nations. Uh, it has not been a good run. And they have they have been to the World Cup five times. They played 15 matches. They've never won. Uh, yeah. So certainly has not been a great go at it for uh, the Ferns at the World Cup. And I don't expect a ton of difference here. Again, like we, you know, you mentioned it. If they have to try to run up the score against the Philippines, uh, they can't. They're not very good at scoring in general. So uh, their lack of dynamism and firepower could cost them in a potential goal difference battle if they were to draw Switzerland uh, in that matchup that they have. Uh, so I, I think there's a real risk uh, that they are kind of on the outside looking in, whether it's via the goal difference tiebreaker or they just get beat by Switzerland, who I think is a better team. 
I agree. All right, let's move on to some of our favorite knockout tickets. So these are teams to make the quarters, make the semis, make the final, anything that's not an outright to essentially win the tournament. We are aligned on on two of them. It's two teams we've already spoken of. It's France to make the semifinals at plus 170 and Sweden to make the semifinals at plus 250. We've already mentioned their past. We've already talked about them, but we each also have one separately. So why don't you talk about your your number one favorite uh, knockout stage future. So I went through and I filled out my little bracket here and mm-hmm. uh, I kind of basically picked each group and, and came to a consensus on who I want as my final four to be and kind of bet accordingly, looking at the numbers and kind of the market and where I feel about these teams. So, you know, the top left quadrant, uh, I have Norway, Japan, USA, Italy as the four teams that kind of get out of it. Uh, I think Japan could give Norway a game. I, I think that would be close, but ultimately United States and Norway are pretty confidently in the quarterfinals. Uh, and I don't really think Norway has that upper end talent to really compete with the United States, even though I think the United States is flawed. I think there's a world where I find myself betting against the United States, maybe in the spread markets, even though I expect them to advance. And, and so you won't see me betting the United States much in this tournament, but I do have them getting to the semifinal where I think they would face um, Sweden coming out of that bottom, that, that, that region um, because Sweden uh, could face the Dutch in the round of 16, which wouldn't be an easy matchup by any stretch, but it also could be Portugal if what I think I said earlier about Portugal advancing where they were to pull off that upset. Uh, the Dutch in general, though, I, I think they are just a little bit of a level below the Swedes, not to the point where they couldn't beat them in a one-off, but the, the Swedes are a more consistent team uh, with a uh, higher talent floor just because of uh, you know the Dutch being a little bit shorthanded in attack uh, and, and having some inconsistent results in the last couple of years. Uh, and then I have them playing Spain in the quarters. Now we talked about Spain as a risk and why they could uh, flame out early. Uh, they're one of the more difficult teams to price, but Spain is an overwhelming favorite over Sweden in a potential quarterfinal. If you were to look at based on where the market prices, both of those teams to make the semis. So uh, I'm going to take the dog there. Uh, and I think that given the risk of, of Spain having their issues, I'm going to take Sweden to make the semifinals at plus 250. So I've got the USA and Sweden making it to the semis on one half of the bracket. And then the other half of the bracket is where things get really interesting. Uh, I mentioned France and how their path is relatively friendly. So I've got them to make the semifinals at plus 170. I had them uh, beating Colombia, uh, South South Korea, Morocco, whoever comes in second there, I think they roll easily. Uh, ultimately, I do think South Korea is the most likely to advance, but I wouldn't be shocked if it was Morocco as a potential long shot. Colombia uh, doesn't really defend, so they're going to have their issues in that group. Uh, so France, for me, coming out of that top region, beating either Australia or Canada, whichever two came out from the top. And then in the bottom region, the bottom corner, which is really the, the section of death uh, that's setting up here, I have England. Australia or Canada, and then Germany, Brazil. Those four teams all in the same region. All four would be top 10 in the FIFA rankings, the ELO rankings, uh, which is more like a power rating system, not just the kind of antiquated FIFA rankings. Uh, Germany has the most talent, in my view, of those four teams. So I'm, I put them through to the semifinal, and, and at plus 170, I do like them there. I think they'd be relatively a coin flip against England. Uh, I think maybe you could argue, given England's injuries, that they should be the favorite. Uh, over England, they outplayed them in the Euro final last year, uh, and that was with Alexandra Pop, who's their leading goal scorer and best striker. That was also in England, so all kinds of advantages built in for England. Now, I think on a neutral field, uh, on the other side of the world, with Pop back, and then you know Beth Mead, Fran Kirby, and Leah Williamson all being out for the English team, I think that they're 
it kind of flips the balance of power in that potential matchup. Either way, uh, you could convince me that's the two best teams in the world right now, England and Germany. And so them playing in the quarterfinal is kind of a disappointment for, uh, you know, as a neutral perspective, but I did put Germany going through there. So I have Germany, France, Sweden, and the United States, my four semifinalists. Uh, and I did bet tickets on Germany plus 170, France plus 170, Sweden plus 250, all to make the semifinals. Uh, and and um, all three hopefully do. And then we have a hell of a tournament. I know. Yeah, I, I agree with you, obviously, on uh, Sweden and on France on those two tickets. My other one that I loved is Norway to make the quarterfinals at plus 120. The thing about Norway is, and they're a very interesting team because of how aggressive they are. They are a lot of times where Norway will send five, six women up to the back line of, of the opposing defense. And they love to play vertical football. They don't like to do a lot of short passes. They love to just go right at the defense. And when they're out of possession, they are a frantic counter-pressing team. And that can lead itself to a lot of high-scoring event type matches. You saw at the Euros, they lost 8 nothing to England. So there's a a path where it's like, oh, this doesn't work. But then there's also this path where they have Ada Hegeberg, who has been one of the best strikers in the women's game. She was injured for quite a long time this season for Leon, her club team, but she is back. She is healthy. They have fantastic midfielders and their group, group A, sets up very favorably. Like we just talked about with New Zealand, not having much talent, Switzerland being in a little bit of state of flux with their manager. So they should very easily get through group A and win it. And then most likely will face Japan in the round of 16 and a Japan team that has a high floor, low ceiling, uh, they should, probably will be favored in that type of ma- in that match. So at a price of plus 120, I like Norway to make the quarterfinals. I don't think they're going to get by the United States, but at a price of plus 120, uh, I, I think they probably should be around minus 110 or minus 120 to make the quarterfinals. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's move on to the fun stuff now. Golden Boot. Uh, this is given out to the top goal scorer in the World Cup. Anthony, there are there are a lot of really, really good strikers in the women's game outside of you know Alex Morgan or Sophia Smith around the world. And you are targeting one 
to lift the golden boot for her in her home country? Yes, I've got two golden boot tickets, uh, one of which is Sam Kerr, 14 to one. Uh, she plays for Chelsea in the Women's Super League, and she's been dominant there. Uh, arguably the best striker in the world, I would say she is. Now she gets to go home and play for her home country. She scored five goals in four games for the Aussies in 2019. Uh, typically, and if you combine men's and women's World Cups, you typically need to play about five games uh, to get really into the conversation for the golden boot. Uh, most of the damage in those tournaments is done in the group stage. You look at uh, Kerr's potential path in the group stage, Canada will certainly be a tough matchup, but if they're able to win that group, uh, that would put them very favorably to advance to the quarterfinals, which like I said, is the key. If you can get to the semifinals and guarantee yourself a third place game, then it's even better uh, just because of uh, the seventh game counting toward the stats. The third place game does count. Uh, so, Kerr, 14 to one. I think she's the best striker in the world. I think one of the problems you might see with say England or Spain uh, who will probably score the most goals in this tournament is that they don't really have that concentrated player to score all of the goals. Of course, Alex Morgan is the favorite, but Sophie Smith is in the mix for Spain. They've got two or three players uh, with Hermoso uh, and, and Redondo kind of all stealing the thunder from one another. And I think that could hurt Spain and, and the United States, even if, you know, the United States scores seven or eight in their first game, which is possible. You could also see Canada really run or Australia really run up the score. Uh, Sam Kirst did, did get grab a hat trick uh, against Jamaica, for example, in the last World Cup. So her getting that fifth match, if they're able to win the group uh, and get that fifth match, I think that's a huge key for, for Kerr. And I really don't know that she's should be priced any worse than those top favorites, given her underlying talent level. And then the other pick is Alexandra Pop. I talked about her uh, when I was discussing Germany. I think Germany is going deep in this tournament. I think they're going to make uh, the quarterfinals at a minimum. I wouldn't be surprised if they won the whole thing. And I think Pop is going to be a major reason why. She was out for the final of the Euros last year. She she was a, a big loss for that team. But her underlying numbers in qualifying and her underlying numbers playing for Wolfsburg in, in Germany has been uh, as good as, like I said, it's as good as any striker in the world. So I think Kerr and Pop are priced below these top, top, talents with with uh, the Americans and the Spanish and uh, the English, but I don't really agree with it. I think that they should be all priced relatively similarly. Uh, and so at 14 to one on current 16 to one on pop, those are my two favorite tickets. You know, there are some fun strikers on the lower teams and the teams that I don't think will get out of the group and you know, that you're going to talk about. And, and I just think that it's very hard if you only get three games, whereas, you know, somebody like a Germany is playing in a very attack minded group and then could get, you know, like a South Korea, uh, or should we could get like a Brazil uh, and then, you know, multiple matches after that. So the, the path, there's just more games, more math, uh, more, more minutes to score. Yes. So my favorite ones, my first one is I already mentioned her at a Hegeberg who plays for Norway. We already mentioned how easy their group is. They're going to get to play New Zealand. They're going to get to play the Philippines. So two really, really good matches for them for a team that's uber, uber, uber aggressive in their attack. Hegeberg won the Ballon d'Or in 2018. He, you know, like, like I mentioned, she was injured for Leon this season, but the two seasons prior to that, she was a 0.9 XG per minute striker, one of the best strikers in the entire world. She is 25 to one to win the golden boot, given that favorable group, given the fact that I do believe that she is going to make the quarters. All it takes, Anthony, is a nine nothing win over the Philippines and Hagerberg scores four or five goals. And suddenly she leads the golden boot race. But you could say that also about the United States playing Vietnam and some of these other teams playing smaller nations. Another one I really like is Sweden. Blackenstein's Arsenal striker 
She scored 13 goals between the Women's Super League and the Champions League this season. She was in the 94th percentile for non-penalty expected goals. She is 30 to 1 for a team that we already mentioned we really like to make the semifinals in a very favorable group as well with Italy, Argentina, and South Africa. A good opportunity here for her to bag a bunch of goals there. And then the path obviously opens up playing a second-place team group. That's going to be very favorable in the round of 16. Then my my last one, before I get to the, the super long shots that I like, Diani for France. She's 20 to 1 to win the Golden Boot. She won the Golden Boot in France this season. She scored 17 goals, was a 1.01 XG per minute striker for a France team that at the Euros, outside of England, was the best offensive team. They created 17.4 expected goals in their five matches. We've already mentioned their group. They're going to get matches against Jamaica and against Panama, two Really, really bad defenses with a chance for France to really run up the score. And obviously that match against Brazil. And then, like we already mentioned, they're going to get the second place group out of Group H. With If it's Colombia, I mean, my goodness, France might put up seven or eight goals in that match. So Diani there at 20 to 1. And then if you want some super long shots, Keja Shaw, 150 to 1 for Jamaica. She scored 20 goals for Manchester City this season for Jamaica at the national team level. She scored 56 goals in 38 games. Jamaica is going to be a, a very high-flying team that's going to be looking to get forward a lot. Uh, they're obviously in a very difficult group with Brazil and France, but she will have that one game against Panama that we might be able to just sneak one out there. Uh, the other really, really long shot one, Oshayola who plays for Nigeria. She's 200 to one. She's a striker for Barcelona and she had an incredible season at the club level. 1.4 XG per minute striker, just incredible numbers. Nigeria is obviously in a group with Australia, Canada, and the Republic of Ireland. So not a great draw there, but again, it's a price of 200 to one. And if Nigeria is going to be a team that is going to be looking to get forward quite a bit as well. And, and a lot of with some of these smaller teams is once they get behind, I mean, they're just going to continue to attack, attack and attack. And if they have talented strikers like this, who knows, you might be able to bag a few goals and, and score four or five at the group stage. So those are our favorite golden boot bets. Let's close things out here. Anthony, your favorite bet from these first round of group stage matches. Yeah, so I'm going to go with uh, Portugal, plus one and a half, minus 150 against the Netherlands. Laying a little bit of juice here, but really don't think that there's that big of a gap between these two teams. Uh, I've talked about this coming into the tournament, why I was kind of a believer in Portugal and why I'm a little bit of a doubter in the Dutch. And I think there's a little bit of a, you know, overrated versus underrated uh, matchup in the first round here. Uh, the Netherlands, like the attacking firepower, even without Minima, is is solid, but because they have to commit more numbers forward, they can't just rely on her. That does leave them more vulnerable in defense. And you've seen some up and down results as a result of that. Uh, and I, I really don't think there's a huge gap between these two teams that the, you know, minus one and a half is suggesting. So uh, over the course of it, you know, I'm going to go with them. This is the Dutch team that has lost to Austria in qualifying, drew the Czech Republic away uh, and lost to Germany at home. So they haven't been infallible. Uh, and I think that Portugal, given their, their form and their flair, could, could make this a game. I agree with you. I've also bet Portugal plus one and a half and minus 150. And my favorite bet, I texted you last night when I saw it because I was shocked when I saw this line, but it's going to be Colombia, South Korea over two and a half goals at plus 120. I mean, Colombia is the most aggressive team in this entire tournament. I, they play this haywire style where it's just a bunch of risky passes up to the final third. They send so many women forward trying to compress that back line. And then when they're out of possession, 
they just do this chaotic pressing that usually lacks a lot of structure. So they have these incredibly high scoring type matches. Now they're going to face a South Korean team that's very similar to the Japanese team where they are, you know, they can be a, a good possession dominant side, but they're also very capable of sitting back and setting pressing traps and then looking to hit teams on the counter. So if you want a match that's going to be end-to-end style for the entire 90 minutes, any match with Colombia is going to be this entire tournament. Over two and a half at plus 120. When you look around a lot of these other matches that are the totals are being set at three, three and a half, some even four, I think it's insane that this total is is this low for how aggressive of a style Colombia is going to play. And especially being the first match of the group stage, you know, each team is going to play Germany in this group and they're probably going to lose. These matches are very, very crucial to get all three points if you're going to get second place in this group. So over two and a half, plus 120 in Colombia and South Korea, I believe it's the final uh, match of uh, the first round of group stage matches. But uh, I mean, Colombia is just, they're, they're very, you know, they're very exciting team to watch because of how haywire and chaotic it is. But I mean, they send like when they actually get the ball into the final third, they're sending their defensive midfielders forward and they are just making so many runs in the box. So it just leaves them so exposed in the back line for a team like South Korea that can really punish them. So Colombia, South Korea over two and a half at plus one twenty is going to be my favorite bet. All right. We haven't that'll talked do about her, but Myra Ramirez, one yep. of the most exciting attacking players in this whole tournament playing for Colombia, pretty much will be the, the focal point of their attack and, and somebody that can certainly cause problems for even the best defenses, even the Germans uh, in that group, uh, and will be a threat for every team that they play against. That is without a doubt. I mean, 14 goals and 11 assists uh, for Levante uh, in Spain this season. Incredible output from her. So, yes. I agree that Colombia is just going to be a very, very fun team to watch. All right. That'll do it for this edition of Wonder Goal Live. Thank you all for tuning in. The World Cup kicks off Thursday, July 20th. And we wish you all good luck with your wagers. And we'll see you next time. Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.